Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. As I said earlier, preaching this morning from the 139th Psalm, I'll be reading verses 1 through 6 and then picking up again in verse 13 through 18. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, and when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them, and they are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Isn't that beautiful? The August... uh, the August publication of the uh, uh, periodical Christian Century had this really great and disturbing cartoon on the front of it. In, in the background of this cartoon picture was this woman walking into church. She had on a green top, a blonde ponytail. She's walking into the front door of the church. In the foreground of this cartoon is the pastor. He's got on the clergy collar, and he's looking down at his phone, and he's looking at the picture of the same woman, green top, blonde ponytail, on his phone. He's looking at her digital image and missed seeing her as she walked by into church unnoticed. I have learned And been more aware recently that more and more people feel unnoticed in this digital world. I have a friend who is of Korean heritage. She's an attorney here in Atlanta. We were to lunch not too long ago, and she said that unnoticed is the experience of many Asian Americans. She said, especially in Atlanta where the race heritage and race conversation is mostly about black and white Atlanta. She said most people of Asian descent just feel unnoticed. 
Then, right after that, I read this week that that is the same experience of many African-American women in this country. I'm reading this really uncomfortable book entitled, How to Be Less Stupid About Race. It's a great title, but it's a hard read for someone like me. Dr. Fleming, the author, sociologist, scholar, makes a pretty clear case that black women in our culture are ignored voices, unnoticed. Unnoticed is a hard category to consider. It made me wonder how many people in this room, in our fellowship, might feel unnoticed week after week or lonely. Cigna, the the global health uh, service company, did a 2018 study on loneliness and found that 46% of U.S. adults report feeling regularly lonely, and 47% feel left out. Cigna calls those epidemic levels of loneliness in our country. And as I read through the study, I I thought that that would be most true among senior adults. That would make sense to me. They said the study reveals that 18 to 37-year-olds are the ones who feel the most lonely. The woman in the green shirt and the blonde ponytail who walked into church. But there is this interesting push-pull about being noticed, being known, At one level, it's our deepest longing, and yet we put a lot of energy out there to be unnoticed. If you ever ever walk the mall, notice how many guys are wearing khakis and a golf shirt. It is the uniform of unnoticed. Some of you have told me that you sit in this sanctuary in a spot that you hope the camera won't find you. That's how you choose your seat hoping you won't be noticed. So why, why this push-pull? Why do we want so desperately to be known and at the same time hide in hopes that we won't be known? I think Pastor Tim Keller captures it. He says this, To be loved but not known is comforting, but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. And it is that great mystery of love that the psalmist is giving witness to in our text today. The psalmist declares that the God of the universe, the one who knitted you in your womb, in the womb, the one who transcends all knowledge, whose thoughts outnumber the sands of the seashore, knows you and loves you. God knows when you sit down, when you rise up. Imagine that. The one who orders the tides 
who hung the stars, knows your thoughts, is acquainted with your ways, and loves you anyway. Keller said that being known and not loved is our greatest fear. And that's why we hide. But the one who knows us most truly is also the one who loves us most deeply. The psalmist says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's so high I cannot attain it. Dr. Howard Thurman uh, was a distinguished graduate of Atlanta's Morehouse College, prolific scholar and preacher. He lived to be 81 years old. It said that he prayed this 139th Psalm every day of his adult life. Can you imagine? A daily discipline of prayer, a morning reminder every day that he is fearfully and wonderfully made. Dr. Thurman said if the entire Bible had to be destroyed and he could keep only one chapter If he could keep only one chapter of all the scriptures, he said it would be the 139th Psalm. My guess is that a man who prayed every day, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My guess is he didn't suffer from much loneliness. There's a passage from one of Dr. Thurman's writings that sounds a little to me like it might have been informed by his daily discipline of reading this psalm. Listen to this little short passage and listen for hints of this psalm in it. What is your name? Who are you? And can you find a way to hear the sound of the genuine in yourself? There are so many noises going on inside of you, so many echoes of all sorts, so much internalizing of the rumble and the traffic, the confusions, the disorders by which your environment is peopled, that I wonder if you can get still enough, not quiet enough, still enough to hear rumbling up from your unique and essential idiom, the sound of the genuine in you. I don't know if you can, but this is your assignment. When you know that you are loved fully and known fully, you are free to listen and respond to the genuine in you, which is your assignment. Of course, one reason we don't want to be known is that there are parts of us we don't like. There are things we know about ourselves that we just soon other people not know. There was a cartoon in the newspaper this week of a guy on the street with a sign that read, can tell what's on your web browser just by looking at you. Well, if God knows you intimately, It stands to reason that God knows what's on your web browser. Maybe that's why we hide. 
But known and loved is the antidote to lonely and unnoticed. The psalmist declares that God knows us intimately. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. And in spite of knowing me for who I truly am, the final word of the psalm declares, I come to the end, I am still with you. God's love never leaves us alone, never unnoticed. Let's listen again to all of those images in that reading. I'm going to read it all again. You might even want to close your eyes while I do. Just let the wideness of this promise wash over you like a warm shower of God's love. Hear how expansive God's knowing and loving is in this psalm. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high That I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. You are loved. There is, of course, a human dimension to knowing and loving that I hope we can practice here. The Cigna study said that half of us feel regular loneliness. Half of us do not have a meaningful, in-person, social interaction every day. Epidemic levels, remember. We cannot let that be true here. You remember that last week, Josh Scott was explaining some of the symbolism on our new logo. It's it's on the bulletin. You might want to take a look again. This blue, the big blue block on the bulletin is uh, the signature color, but it is also our location at the intersection of Peachtree and East Wesley. That negative space in the middle, the white space, makes the cross, which is central, of course. The colors show vibrancy and movement. And the four quadrants speak to our four values, worship, discipleship, mission, 
community. If we value community, then we must open up space to know each other and be known by each other. The loneliness epidemic must never be an infection of the community of faith. We must regularly, appropriately, but with some risk-taking, become more known to each other. Because it's the only way we will move from what Dr. Keller calls being loved and not known, which is superficial, to being fully known and truly loved, which is what we need more than anything. And the truth of the gospel is that we are loved even in our brokenness and failure. So loving each other in our imperfections is a part of how we practice the kingdom work here in this church. But the push-pull, I know, I know. I want you to know me so that I can be truly known and loved. I don't want you to know me because my great fear is that if you know me truly, I might not be loved. We'll continue to disappoint each other. We try, we mess up. But the prayer of the psalmist is a reminder that God's love is a perfect love. And if all of the world may seem to have left us unnoticed or lonely, That if we turn to God in prayer, we are reminded again of the one who made us in secret. The one who knit me together in my mother's womb. The one who will be still with me in the end. You've heard me speak before of my uh, respect, affection for former preaching professor at Emory University, Fred Craddock. Dr. Craddock and I got to know each other late in his career after I was at the School of Theology at Mercer. But the first time I ever heard him speak, I was in my late 20s. He was giving a a series of lectures and sermons at Southern Seminary, Louisville, Kentucky. And he told this story about his childhood. I just loved this story and I remembered it. He said, when I was a kid on the farm, my sisters and my brothers and I would play hide and seek. We would play that in the country for it doesn't cost anything. We grew tired of it, but we played it. You remember how it goes. One person is it. Whoever is it hides their eyes, counts to a hundred, and then says, coming, ready or not, and you're supposed to be hidden. Then the person who is it comes looking, tries to beat the first one back, found back to the base in order to touch the base three times and say, you're it, then the other person is it. My sister was it. When my sister was it, she cheated. Well, she started off honestly enough. She would say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ninety-three, ninety-four. But I had a place under the porch and under the steps of the porch. Because of my size, I could get under there, and I knew she'd never find me. Ninety-nine, one hundred. Here I come, ready or not. Here she came. 
in the house, out of the house, in the weeds, in the trees, down to the corn crib, in the barn. She couldn't find me. I almost gave myself away down under there just snickering to myself. She'll never find me here. She'll never find me here. And then it occurred to me, she'll never find me here. So after a while, I would stick out a toe. When she came by and saw my toes, she said, oh, I see you. And she'd run back, touch the base three times and say, ha ha, you're it, you're it. I'd come out brushing myself off saying, oh, shoot, you found me. What did I want? What did I really want? The very same thing as you. Isn't that true? It is what we want. So risk being found by each other and by the one who knitted you and loves you. You do not have to go around unnoticed or lonely. You are found, loved, and now you can respond to the genuine within you, which is your assignment. Let's stand and sing our faith. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.